the podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. We're going to get to know Richard Wilmore of The Richard Wilmore Show today. He's got a streaming show that features new talent. Maybe I can talk him into letting me do my stand-up comedy routine. I didn't know that you did comedy. Let's hear one of your jokes. Okay. When people find out that I'm not a good electrician, they are shocked. Let me guess. Did the Sherpa write that? Actually, he did. How did you know that? Let's call it a lucky guess and move on with the show. Attention, rebels of the Sherpolution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa Chalet. As a reminder, the Cool Mount Podcastia air that you are inhaling is a result of the Yaks Burrito Dinner. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Coming to you from the Sherpa Chalet, recorded a long time ago, <laughs> it's me, Jim, the podcast Sherpa, and you are listening to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts and so much more. If you're new to the show, guess what? I talk to podcasters and folks from all walks of life, but mostly podcasters, and we provide you recommendations for shows to listen to, and you get to know a little bit about these podcasters as well. And... This week's episode is no different because of our guest today. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? His name is Richard Wilmore. He is the host of, guess what? The Richard Wilmore Show. And it's an entertainment show that's been seen on YouTube and will soon be seen on your video streaming devices. I sat down with him and we chatted for about a half hour about his show. Got to know a lot about him. And you know... A lot of people think that Richard maybe just might be this Rosie O'Donnell-obsessed podcasting personality, but there's actually a lot more to him. And you'll hear an amazing story as we get a little bit deeper into our interview. Had a lot of fun with him. Got to break his shoes a lot about Rosie O'Donnell. Maybe Rosie's listening. Hi, Rosie! <laughs> I don't know. She might be. We can only hope, right? So, Rose, you can tweet at me at Sherpolution on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. That was my little promotion there. Okay, we've got all the bases covered, so let's have a listen to my conversation with Richard Wilmore of The Richard Wilmore Show. Hello there, Rebels. We are in the TV room of the Sherpa Chalet, and my guest today is a guy who will be seen on some of your favorite streaming devices, not just on that YouTube. He will be going on the bigger tube, and even bigger, and even bigger. Depends how big that tube that you have is, but he will be there. His name is Richard Wilmore. 
He is the host and star and creator of the Richard Wilmore Show. And it's a whole bunch of entertainment and interviews and a lot of performers coming on there. And, you know, why don't I stop and let's have a word from Richard. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. We are both middle children. Did you, did you know that? No. Well, you, you just met me, so I guess you wouldn't know. <laughs> I did not know that. How you have older and just one older, one younger, or how do you, where do you fall? Yep. One older, one younger. Are they uh, male or females? Older brother, younger sister. Oh, interesting. Did you have the middle child syndrome or not? Uh, I think a little bit. Not, yeah. I wouldn't say I was a classic case, but uh, you, you feel it sometimes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was my mom's favorite, so I can't really... I can't really compare to other middle children because I feel like I was the closest she had to a daughter. So I feel like I have an older brother and a younger brother, and I was the one that was hanging out with her playing dress up and playing dolls. So I feel like I was the closest thing she had. So I was the favorite. And my brothers will tell you that. So this is nothing (laughs) they don't know. I guess as long as you know, all know your family roles and everything is exactly. fine, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so let's get to know you a little bit. So uh, what's your story, Richard? I grew up in northern Wisconsin, like way northern. Like when I tell people I'm from northern Wisconsin, they think Green Bay. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with Wisconsin, but there's like an entire world that people don't even know exists. And that's where I'm from. I grew up in a town of 600 people. And there were 34 people in my graduating class in high school, and we were all one building. And uh, I left as soon as I graduated high school. (laughs) I was up and moved to Milwaukee, and that's where I got my theater degree. Um, I wanted to be a talk show host since I was 10. I fell in love with the 90s uh, Rosie O'Donnell show, and I wanted to be a teacher up until that point when I saw her. I can tell you... The episode it was that I saw, I could tell you what she was wearing. I could tell you what was talked about. And I saw it and I thought, I want to have that much fun. And I want to give people as much happiness as she was bringing to me. And that her show was an hour of just like play and giving things away. And everybody was having a good time. And I thought, why can't I do that? So I went to, I thought the easiest way to do that is to become famous, obviously. So I'll become an actor And then I'll get a talk show. Like my 17-year-old brain, that's how it worked. So I went to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, got a theater degree, did not become famous, went down the retail route, and um, a whole slew of things. I got married, I got divorced, I moved to Maryland, and while I was in Maryland, I started my show. My husband at the time was like, if this is what you want to do, let's do it. And I converted an entire basement into a tv studio and i would have audience members and i would have bands and i filmed a talk show and i just started putting it out there i don't want to say i was like one of the first but i was kind of like no one was really doing anything no one still is really doing anything but like that but i was kind of one of the first that i knew of that was making a show like that and putting it out on the internet so you were making it real just start starting it from scratch and then just seeing where we're gonna go from there And I had never, like, in my brain, I just wanted to host a show. I never thought about editing. I never thought about any of that stuff. So I filmed my first episode, and I had this iPad full of footage. And I thought, well, oh, what do you do with that? Like, I Googled free editing software, and I just sort of taught myself how to do it. And it's, it's been a really interesting ride. I've done it in basements. I've done it in bedrooms, in living rooms. I was at a theater at one point doing it. I've done it in coffee shops, uh, anywhere that people will come hang out with me. I used to like 
when I first started, I was inviting people to my basement. I was literally like back in the day on Craigslist making ads for my show, come hang out with me. <laughs> and people were coming out with me in my basement. I thought, well, if they're crazy enough to just sign on, I guess I'll talk to them. <laughs> you got to hope that they're going to be a good, a good audience member. Yes, I vetted them a little bit. It wasn't just like anybody show up at this address at this time and we'll see what happens. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. There's no grenades allowed in the <laughs> building. <laughs> right. Yes. Close on. This is a PG show. Thank you very much. Yes. How did you familiarize yourself with like working cameras and mics and stuff like that? I just out of the need, really. I look back like this seat that we're on star hiatus right now. So we're doing all reruns. And I thought, well, I'm on a new media platform, KP Media TV. And I thought, well, the people who are watching me there have never seen any of my old episodes. So we're kind of doing a best of the last four seasons to kind of catch people up. And I'm looking at back at those episodes to find the ones I want to air. And I'm looking at the awful lighting I have and the cameras that are sort of crooked that I didn't realize were crooked. And I'm like, I look back at how far I've come in the last few years just like knowing things, but it, it really all came out of just the need because it was just me doing it. I would have friends who would randomly come over and help and stand behind a camera just to make sure the camera like battery wouldn't die, but they didn't know anything about it. They weren't like camera operators or they weren't editors or lighting people. They were just my friends who had nothing else to do. And I took it, you know, like, sure, whatever help you can get. So that's, that's where it came from. Just a lot of Google, a lot of YouTube and just, trial and error that is the true measure of a friend somebody who will stand behind the camera and make sure that the battery doesn't die on you yes shout out to my my friend wendy who was the first person i ever met when i moved to maryland uh who has been on my show multiple times and she was the one who who had the time would bring me coffee and we would sit and she would stand behind the camera not she was sort of my sidekick when she would come on i would talk to her kind of at the beginning of the show and um but she knew nothing about camera. So as long as she didn't have to touch it, she was fine. She just had to watch the screen to make sure it didn't go black. <laughs> you got one job. And <laughs> yes, and she was great at it. She was great at it. She got paid nothing and she should have been paid a lot more. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your first episode that you aired. Mm, it was actually an hour with a band called The Big Infinite who um, ended up writing my theme song for me. Um, they were the husband of one of my friends that I had met at Maryland was in this band and I had seen them live a couple times and they're just a great group of guys who loved, they were just great musicians. So I thought I want to kick off. I love live music. I will go to concerts of people I don't even know just to like be in that energy because I can't imagine being an artist and standing up in front of a crowd of 40,000 and just like all of that coming at you, all of that love. So I love being a part of that. So I asked them to um, be on the first episode. And so we went, I went to their rehearsal space and filmed with them. And that was an iPad on a tripod. Wow. And I pressed record and away we went. And then I, I went back to them after and I was like, how much would you charge me for a theme song? Like, I would love to, they're just great people, you know, and you want to keep those people around. And they were like, no, we want, we want to give you a theme song. And so they wrote a theme song, produced it. And that's been my theme song ever since season one. It's very catchy too. Yes. It, gets, it gets stuck in your head. Yes. And I love that. Like that's, of course, that's the point of a theme song, right? Like all great theme songs, you know, the all the great shows, theme songs by heart. And I get that all the time where people are like, you 
picked a really good one. Like I hear it after I've been on your show, it'll randomly pop up because I saw your show and it's, I'm at the grocery store and they're like, you know, the, it, it's in my head all the time. And that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's sad because a lot of the shows that are out now, some of them would usually have great lyrics or yes. or like a catchy melody or something like that. Now it's just like, well, here's the opening credits, da da da, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I and my show is such a ripoff of the normal show. Like her theme song changed every couple seasons. I could sing every song to you right now, and I just wanted that like. That fun, it's, you know, that's how you kick off a show. So if the theme song and the intro is not that great, you're not going to be that excited. So I wanted something that really would set the tone for the show. And I think it does really well. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. So, all right, we, we got to talk a little bit about Rosie here. So, I mean. Yes. <laughs> She's listening, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm still waiting for her to be on my show. So let's talk about her. Have you asked her to be on your I, So she follows me on Twitter. Okay. Um, she has retweeted some of my stuff. I actually, I don't know if you remember anything about her show or if you watched her show. A little bit. I mean, it's been a while, so. Yeah, it's been, this is, uh, June 10th was the 25th anniversary of the premiere of her show. Okay. Um, so it's been a little while. But uh, her band leader, she had a band leader, John McDaniel, who she talked to every day. Sure. He was He was the first guest on my season four premiere this last year. So, I mean, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer and closer to her. Um, and I have some rosy stuff on my set. Uh, and he noticed it. And he was like, oh, I see that over there. What's that over there? And I was like, listen, you have the, you're my contact. Like, you have her phone number. Come on. But still nothing. So I have Rosie O suck up days. And I, I will suck up to her every day until she's on my show. One of your episodes, I think it was your Memorial Day episode, you actually broke out a Rosie O'Donnell doll. Yes, I have, it's like, I have everything. I have Barbies, I have dolls, I have mugs, I have t-shirts, I have jackets, everything. On my bedroom, when I was a kid growing up, every wall in my bedroom was covered in photos of her. I would collect all magazines of her with her on the cover. I would even do like Inquire, like all the crap that was written about her. I would still get those for the photos and I would... I would take them to my wall and my entire walls, all of my walls in my bedroom were a huge rosy collage. If she was on your show, what would be the first question you'd want to ask her? Um, I got to ask her a question. She was a guest on a show during the pandemic that was a virtual show so people could watch and, and write in questions. And I, what would I ask her? I would, oh, I would probably spend the first 45 minutes crying. <laughs> um, and do you want to know a really funny story? Sure. Back in the day, in the 90s, you could go online and find people's phone numbers. Right. And so I did that with her. And I was, I don't know, probably 13 or 14. And I called her. And a woman answered. And I froze. And I just handed the phone to my mom. And my mom started talking to this woman. She said, she was like, is this Rosie O'Donnell's number? And the woman said, yes. And they were talking for a little bit. I think what it turned out is actually it was Rosie's ex-wife who answered the phone. She wasn't home. And so we hung up. And the next day I was watching her show. And she said, if you tried to call me last night, I'm sorry I wasn't home. I was stuck in traffic because the Spice Girls were in town. <laughs> and I was like that. And she's talking to me. 
was probably completely like made up and she was probably just like chatting, but I was like, that's uh, again, like that close. I was that close. <laughs> but anyway, what was your, I don't even remember what your original question was. Oh, yeah, what, what, what question would you ask her? What question would I ask her? Yeah. Cause it seems like, you know, her pretty well. That's. I do know her really well. I have every auto, I have, I have everything. So it would be like one of those things where when you interview your friends and you have to come up with questions and pretend you don't know the answer to it. <laughs> Um, what would I ask her? This is probably going to be bad. She's going to watch this and be like, why would I go on your show? You don't even have a question for me. <laughs> I'm sure something will come up, Richard. I would want to know a lot about her own show, the show she had on Oprah's network. Okay. I have questions about that. I went to actually see that a few times in person, the taping of it. And it was a very interesting show and it changed a lot. So there are like moments and things in her career that don't get talked like she doesn't talk a lot about it, and that show was one of them. Mm-hmm. So I would want to talk about that show and how that came to be and why she thinks it didn't work. Cause it got canceled pretty quickly and it went through a lot of like iterations and mm-hmm. versions. And so that's what I, I would want to know that. I think maybe what happened sometimes, you know, she made such a splash with her initial show mm-hmm. and probably the viewers got used to that. So it's like, yes. if they try a different approach or they switch Something that maybe even just slightly, all of a sudden, viewers maybe have like a different reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was completely different than her other show. And I think it was at a time, Own was just starting and it was on like, no one could figure out what channel it was. And it was like, Oprah was really just doing like reruns of her show and Dr. Phil, like she didn't really have content um, and it was like basic cable. So it's going to be different than NBC at 10 o'clock in the morning. Sure. So I think, you know, we had expectations that were never going to be met. And I think because she had such expectations, my guess is that it was, it didn't reach those. And that's what made it kind of not as much fun for her. But I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll throw a, a little bit of a rosy tidbit at you now. Yes. Uh, where she grew up is actually about a 25 minute drive from where I grew up. Why are we not filming this? <laughs> exit I don't know where she lives. I don't know where it's, her house is. It's exit 52 on Comac Long Island. <laughs> That's her exit. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and, yeah I know. Yeah. Uh, well, you wouldn't know this. Uh, and I mean, this is from what I've been told. I My cousin's cousin's ex-husband's cousin is Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, let me write this down. My cousin has a cousin who's not related to me, and her ex-husband is Rosie O'Donnell's cousin. See, I'm always like, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, I'm always like right there, but like not close enough. <laughs> I haven't seen the guy in years, so I probably couldn't work something out for you, unfortunately. Uh, if I could make it happen, you know, I would do it for you, my friend. Yeah, so then suddenly you're like, and here he is, and here's Rosie, and they jump on the screen, and then I'm... Here with them. I, <laughs> See, I didn't know there was a six degrees of Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> there is. Did you know that? How long have you known that? Did you only know that coming into this? Did you figure that out? I actually didn't know about how, how much in love you are with Rosie O'Donnell up until recently. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I knew the whole thing about the relationship. Interesting. <laughs> 
but I've never met her. I've never seen her or anything like right, that. Good, we, we have no connection or anything like right, that. Then I won't hold it against you. Okay. <laughs> That's my buy. If I, if I met her once and like, That's, that would be yeah, we wouldn't talk about anything else. I don't even care. <laughs> she was a great stand-up too, back in the eighties, you know, def- definitely unsung. I, I, I think as a stand-up, I mean, that's probably what launched her. She won Star Search. She was on Star Search in 1984. That's right. <laughs> and you would know that, sir. I would know that, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and do you remember when she hosted the show on VH1? It was a comedy spotlight. Stand-up spotlight, yes. I mean, I'm too young for that. And where I grew up, we didn't get VH1 and MTV until like 1998. Okay. So I knew nothing of that, but I know... That she do that, and she would start every show by introducing herself, like "Hi, I'm Shaka Khan," and then she would like name herself. To- so I did that for a while too. I'd start my show and be like, "Hi, I'm Jay Leno," <laughs> and then just like and just do whatever she does is what I do. You're as close as you can be to her without a restraining order at this point. Yes, right? <laughs> without being a lesbian. I got I had, to, I had to be gay because of her. I knew all of it. Just gonna follow her footsteps. Okay. So what else happens on your show? Let, let's uh, talk about your show so people kind of know what to expect when they tune into the Richard Wilmore show. It is a variety show. Um, you know, the theme, the theme right now for this season of uh, the like intro is sort of carnival circus and so you sort of never know it's been pretty tough during the pandemic to really have a good fun virtual show of randomness um but it's really anyone i have anyone who's creating i feel like my show was designed for i call them basement artists who are i mean creating really great content who are in movies who are making music who are writing books who are hilarious comedians but they're not brad pitt and amy schumer who can walk on any show that they want um so that's what my show is for you know i mean if amy schumer and madonna want to come on my show yes 100 percent. but <laughs> you're not going to stop them at the door right i'm going to be like oh, i'm busy i have <laughs> i have joe here who has a comedy club in a basement like I'm, <laughs> he might get kicked but um that's what it's for it's for people who are doing really great things but don't have a place to talk about it you know like there are so, only so many times you can put your flyer for your comedy act on your Facebook for your friends to be like, yeah, we get it. We're not coming, but like, we see that you're doing it. So it really just gives people a, a place to go to promote all the great things that they're doing. And I, I've had fire eaters. I work a lot with nonprofits. I love to highlight nonprofits. So I have someone, I try to get someone from a nonprofit on every show um, so viewers can, you know, connect with someone and see maybe where they can help in the world. And you said you also are doing a podcast as well? I do host a podcast. I work with an arts and health nonprofit called Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers. We hire mu- professional musicians, writers, um, and artists to go into medical spaces and work with adult patients, medical staff, their family members, and do creative arts. So we have started um, a podcast called Arts for the Health of It, which we've been talking to um, all of the art, all of the people in the arts and health world all around the world, which has been really fascinating. And we started that in April. And the people, I mean, every time I swear, every time I talk to someone on that program, I say, I want to be you when I grow up because they're just fascinating people who just want to help. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like that's kind of where I lie. I just want to help, but I have no talent. So I'll just give you a place. Like I give a place for the talented people to come to show you what they can do. It's amazing when they talk about like patient recovery and stuff like that and medical situations, how like the power of art and music just aid in their rehabilitation. Yeah. You you wouldn't expect it to to be like that. I guess it just affects that place in their brain that just, you know, makes everything just a little bit lighter. Yeah. I, I grew up kind of in hospitals. My dad was first diagnosed with cancer in 1992. And since then he's had it almost every year since he's missing most of his face. And so we spent a lot of time in hospitals. And when I first met the founder of Hearts Need Art, I was like, where has this been? Like I needed this 20 years ago. Um, And there's so much research and there's so many countries outside of the U.S. that will actually prescribe the arts to their patients because there's so much research around what it does to your health. Um, And so I feel very lucky to be able to meet amazing people in hospitals every day and and connect with them and and create with them. Like it's not a bad gig if you can just listen to live music and, and paint, like I'm not mad about it. Yeah. You you can suffer through it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'll deal with it. I'll deal with the low paychecks because I get to hang out with fun people. You were saying earlier that you've done almost about 140 shows. Yes. So are there any standout moments in some of those episodes that, that are still stuck in your brain? I interviewed my dad once. He has gone through a lot and it was a whole thing. I interviewed him for an hour about being diagnosed with cancer, living through cancer, growing up in a small town with a gay son. Like there was a lot of stuff that we talked about. And I looked out at one point and everyone in the audience was crying. And uh, it's one of my top viewed episodes But I also love, like, I've had magicians on, like, being able to be next to a magician, like, this far away and watching them. I just love, and kids, I don't know, there's so many. I'm also that weird person who sort of forgets after it's done. Like, I do it, and then I'm, like, in the moment, and then I move on, and then I, like, can't. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you who's on the show this week. So there's that. But there, I, I think... Um, a lot of that first season when I was really trying to like figure it out are some of my favorites. And it was just like having my friends on and, and we were playing games. I love playing games with people. I love, and I give free stuff away all the time. So all of those episodes, anytime I can play a game is when I'm happy. And for the fifth season that you're going into, yes. you're getting a new studio. Yes. I'm very excited. We've been doing virtual I stopped at the beginning of the pandemic. That's one of I stopped my season because I was like, no one's doing anything. Like, we have nothing to promote, so I'm going to stop until we do. And I started in September of 2020, the fifth or the fourth season, and we were all virtual. And I am now moving into well, we'll be we are in a studio filming in front of a live audience again. It's a huge studio, and it's all brand new and. And we're finally like doing what it's how the show is supposed to be. I feel like this is how it's supposed to look and feel. And um, yeah, so it's, I'm very excited. I, I, I would imagine that when you're doing a, a talk show like that and just from your own ambition and you're starting in a basement, you probably had that whole vision in your mind as time went on, like, like I know eventually the set's going to look like this and yes. the style of the show will be like that. And 
you know, it, it just kind of formulates in your brain because I guess because it's your vision, you're the only one who's going to know, well, this is just right right now. And I feel like this is right. Exactly. Like I'm working with KP Media TV, which is a new media company to like distribute it. And we're working to get sponsors. And, and it's a really great company that I've been working with. And I feel like this is exactly where my show is supposed to be with everything else that's happening. So it feels like a very like... No, this is like, I feel very confident in how fun this season is. I'm going to throw this question at you. Okay. But, but, but the answer cannot be Rosie O'Donnell. All right. <laughs> so who would be your next dream guest if, if her name or his name wasn't Rosie O'Donnell? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like once she's on, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> like, that's it. Finish. I'm done here. Sure. doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. Um, who would I want on? I don't really think about like famous people that I want on my show. I really don't. I think there are such, there's so many talented people in San Antonio where I'm at right now that like, I just, there are people there that I want. There are comedians there that I would love to have on. There are like musicians that I would love to have on there. Um, Do you still really want to foster a lot of new talent then? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, the super famous people have places for that. Like, okay. And I think I love hearing the stories of people who are just working their butts off and creating great things. Like, you know, I don't know. That's a great question. I wish I could have talked to Johnny Carson and pick his brain. I mean, he ran, he had a show for like three decades. Like, I mean, he was a talk show host forever. And I would love to have been able to talk to him. Or like Regis, like uh, maybe probably the older talk show hosts, like Regis Philbin, like all of those people, I just would love to talk. Like, I want to be part of that club. So I think I want to like weasel my way in there. Well, you, you never know. I mean, the more and more your show will grow and uh, you just might be there. Well, you can say you knew the Sherpa back when. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, you get it. Okay, so there's a portion of the show and it is called Shameless Self-Promotions. Shameless Self-Promotion. This is where you can let everybody know where they can follow you because there's going to be a lot more following coming this fall. I hope so. Um, Download the KP Media TV app on Apple TV, on Roku, and on Amazon Fire. And then once you do that, it's sort of like, you know, like you download Netflix when you get your Apple, whatever. And then that has a bunch of shows. KP Media TV has a bunch of shows and I am one of them. And um, we're live Mondays at 10 a.m. That was the other thing is I didn't, I got sick of editing shows. So I was like, I wanted a live show. I might as well do it live. But that's it. I have a website, richardwilmore.com. You can follow me on all the things you're supposed to follow people at, at Rich Wilmore Show. Um, but download the KP Media TV app, please. So you can make yourself a little richer by watching the Richard Wilmore Show. And he's our guest today. Richard, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. We're on that internet thingy at SherpaLution.com. And now it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. Since a lot of different types of performers appear on Richard's show, 
I figured for this week, I would use an article that I found on rollingstone.com and it's seven musicians podcasts you need to hear. So what seven are they? There is Questlove's Questlove Supreme, Jesse Ware's Table Manners, Henry Rollins, Henry and Heidi Show. Henry Rollins is always an interesting guy, so I'm sure that's a really cool one. Mike Watts, the Watt from Pedro Show. Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell's Broken Record. Ozzy Osbourne's The Osbournes Podcast. And Chris Shiflett's Walking the Floor. And I wanted to do something about my career in kazooing, and they just wouldn't buy it. Very special thanks to Richard Wilmore for coming by the show. And make sure you download that app on your streaming service and catch his show. You never know who's going to be on it. You never know who's going to be the next big thing. And we have to find out if Rosie O'Donnell is ever going to make an appearance on the show. That's the burning question, Rebels. You can listen to the show on Sharpolution.com or any of your favorite podcast apps, of course. We'll be back next week, and we'll be going to the Sherpa Screening Room, and we will be talking to a guy named Einer Harrelton. Do you know him? Maybe you do. I don't know where you live. He is an actor from Iceland, and I had a blast talking with him. He was so much fun. Very jolly Icelandic man, and I think you're really going to like this conversation. Be sure to check it out, and like I said, on your favorite podcast apps or SherpaLusion.com. Mr. Bruce, we're out of here. You may escort everybody out. Or I'll do it. I don't know. Let's flip a coin. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have a coin. Can you lend me a coin, Mr. Bruce? All right. Um, all right. Well, either one of us doesn't have a coin. I will look for a coin, and I will just say, see you guys next week, and viva la revolution. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapalition. Viva la Chapalition. <laughs> oh. Yo, come back now, you hear?